Good morning, friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful morning. My name is Pastor Gerald, and you are listening to Grace Waves, brought to you by Great Grace Church in South Africa. Well, friend, this morning we have part three of our message on overcoming hidden anger through meekness. Now, please enjoy this message this morning. And again, if you haven't listened to the first two, please stop and go back and listen to those first two messages on this series first as this is one message. And please give me your feedback. What do you think about this? Is this something that you can relate to? Is this something that you have experienced hidden anger in your life? And how do you think and believe that meekness can help you overcome this as we learned during this message? So thank you so much for listening, friend. And as always, may you have a wonderful day. May God bless you. And please enjoy this message. Now, some of you that are parents remember when you said to your child, yes, you can go over and play with your neighbor, but when you cross the road, look both ways, look both ways, and be very careful. So one day, the, the uh, boy's friend across the road, Hollis, come, I'm waiting, and he dots out in front of a car and falls and scrapes his hands and gets all sore and his body is dirty and mummy takes him in the house and she beats him up. <laughs> like fun she beats him up. She takes the little boy in her hands and washes his scraped hands and she washes them and she said, are you hurt? And then when, he, when everything's all settled, she says, don't do it again. She leads him softly. As far as I know, your mother's changed your diapers. And they tried to put food in your mouth and more food came out than went in. <laughs> you would cry. With, you said you had pains in your... Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. <laughs> and a nice warm bottle of milk would come your way. In the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, you decided it was boring to be a baby and know nothing and sleep in a bed. So what did you do? father said, shut up. The mother said, oh no, I think she's sick. The mother took the little baby and started patting the back and the baby said, sucker. I knew you'd do it. The mother was leading the little baby softly. They changed your clothes. They taught you to speak. They taught you to walk. They taught you to dress yourself. And they didn't expect you to perform when you didn't have the age, experience, knowledge, or capacity to do so. Many pulpits do not lead softly their people. And this is a tremendous danger of producing wound upon wound because the pulpit and the church not lead softly. Jacob said, I'm going to lead softly. By the way, that woman wrote a letter and she said, I'll never wear immodest skirts again. Never rebuked her. 
Now, if I, you know, if it was time to in the pulpit, I certainly would preach the same message. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut down on the style of preaching. But we led her softly, and treating her that way and calling her one of the finest families of the church gave her the grace to dress modestly, without a rebuke. This is the area that leadership has to learn. Leadership has to learn that you can't legislate righteousness. That you can't legislate right behavior. All I ask of the people I know and love is that they'll grow in grace with God's mercy. How about those who have been hurt and wounded and betrayed? The first thing we do is we go to Calvary. And we stay at Calvary and we gaze at Jesus Christ. And his words come ringing into our hearts. I am meek and I am lowly toward you. Toward you. And toward you, and toward you, I am meek. What does that mean? It means that I am without indicting you because I paid for your sins. It means that I'm without imputing your sins because I bore them in my own body. It means that I will receive you in fellowship at the moment of your acknowledgement of sin. It means that I will cleanse you at the moment of your faith in me. What does lowliness mean? It means the same thing I taught in that whole message many years ago up in South Berwick. Somebody else preached it after, but that's all right. Moses when it came to Korah, the sons of Korah in Numbers 16 and Miriam in Numbers 12, when Miriam attacked him for marrying someone that she didn't think he should marry, an Egyptian woman, instead of Moses retaliating, he knelt down and interceded for Miriam that God wouldn't punish her. Miriam at that point became his enemy. But he knelt down and he rendered a blessing before God for Miriam's offensive attitude toward his personal life as a great man of God, judging him publicly with Aaron. That's meekness. That's meekness. The fruit of the Spirit is meekness. A spirit-filled person will be meek. Is it any wonder that Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind one to another and be tender-hearted and forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you? Any man can do that when he's put on the spirit of meekness. He looks at people with the value of redemption in mind 
recognizing that he cannot measure grace. Now limit mercy when the Holy Spirit promotes the life of Jesus Christ in his soul. I cannot tell you any better than this morning. This is the way we become delivered from secret anger. This is the way that God delivers us from secret anger lodged in an unforgiving spirit in the subconscious mind. There are so many people that have secret anger lodged in an unforgiving spirit. Folks, you wouldn't know it. There's so many right here this morning that have that problem. It produces in them cycles of distractions that we'll talk about tonight. Negative syndromes. Passive reactions. Immobile reflections. Angry reactions in the mind. And anger causes depression. And depression prevents Jesus Christ from teaching us how to be conformed to His image through the transforming grace of His Word. Having said this this morning, I want you to think with me on the power of meekness. How much power has meekness? It neutralizes self through crucifixion with Christ. It mobilizes capacity through the spirit of love. It energizes the soul through the ministry of grace. It quickens the body through the resurrection power of the spirit. It enables us, instead of rendering evil for evil and being angry in an unforgiving spirit, secretly contain through the wrong kind of faith and enables us to be a blessing to someone else. So many sacred stories in the Bible. Joseph in the 45th chapter of Genesis whose brothers treated him in such a terrible, devastating way but he gave them a blessing and didn't blame them at all. It didn't take any time for Joseph to forgive them because he forgave them before he saw them. And how did he forgive them before he saw them? Because he was fellowshipping with a forgiving spirit through meekness of Jesus Christ. He simply every day of his life put on Jesus Christ the meekness and lowliness of Jesus he was learning regardless of his brothers and even before he ever met them he had forgiven them experientially. They didn't say we repented but his positional forgiveness was revealed and it became experiential when he gave them the proper food they needed for the famine back home and told them do not blame yourselves for God did it. You meant it for evil, but God planned it for good. This is the most remarkable thing that can transform 
a person's life into joy, abundant living, peace, confidence, and quietness as the plan of God is unfolded before our steps of faith. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? To show you how that spirit worked, Paul said in Philippians 3, 17, 18, and 19, when he talked about the enemies of the cross, to show you how positional forgiveness works, Paul said, I speak of the enemies of the cross now even while I'm weeping. He was weeping when he spoke of the enemies he had. That's positional forgiveness. This morning, I want to address Christians first. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning, say, I'm going to let Jesus Christ deal with secret anger that lodges in an unforgiving spirit which has caused me to have seeds of suicide, inconsistent faith, wrong kind of faith, and I've lived without the quality of divine love at Calvary. And by faith, I make a decision to put on something and to put off something. And I know it will be real. Raise your hand. Put it up high. Way up high. And keep the, your hands up. And you mean it with all your heart. Father, you see the hands that go up. In Jesus' name, amen. You may place them down. We're believing God with you because... He's a present help in the time of trouble. Say it with me. He's a present help in the time of trouble. 